Before 2007, the Food and Drug Administration possessed little formal power to compel a manufacturer to perform post-approval studies if safety concerns emerged about a drug, and negative studies were often buried by manufacturers. But responding to concerns about drug safety, Congress in 2007 passed the FDA Amendments Act, which made important changes to the management of data on drug effects. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Jerry Avorn, a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School and a member of the Division of Pharmacoepidemiology and Pharmacoeconomics at Brigham and Women's Hospital. Dr. Avorn has co-authored a perspective article about the effects of the FDA Amendments Act more than a decade after its passage. Dr. Avorn, why did the issue of drug safety gain national attention when it did? What was the lead-up to 2007? Well, the trigger was really the Vioxx debacle in which it turned out that one of the most widely used drugs in the country that had been on the market for five years nearly doubled the risk of heart attack or stroke. And this risk was not known about to the FDA, although there was evidence to that effect. The FDA had not taken any formal position on it. And there were many thousands of drug-induced heart attacks and strokes that could be attributed to that lack of knowledge. So Congress felt that it would be better for the FDA to have a more proactive way of studying drug safety rather than its usual method of waiting for specific case reports to come in and then trying to figure out if there was a connection. Was the FDA itself involved in advocating for these additional sources of drug safety data, or did most of the push come from scientists and the public? The main pressure came from Congress representing, one hopes, the public, as well as uh, from many of us in the research community who have felt for many years that a more systematic and thorough job of safety surveillance could have been going on. But Congress was really incensed with the FDA that there was not a mechanism in place to make this happen. And I remember Senator Grassley, who was not exactly known as a firebrand for public interventions on things, was really, I think, as a concerned layperson, astonished that FDA did not have a mechanism in place that would have spotted Vioxx earlier than five years after marketing. And so really Congress brought FDA in and raked them over the coals and essentially said, we are going to make you do something in this new law that you have apparently not chosen to do on your own. You write in your article that one of the results of the FDA Amendments Act was the creation of the Sentinel system. Tell us about the process of building that database and the role that it plays in identifying drug safety problems. Well, the Sentinel system, which was heavily developed by Dr. Platt and colleagues here at Harvard Medical School, is an attempt to harvest the huge amounts of information about which patients took which medications and what clinical consequences they had, all of which gets generated every day, hundreds of thousands of times a day, because every clinical encounter and filled prescription is now uh, located in a computer for billing purposes, if nothing else. And the effort of Dr. Platt and his colleagues and a network of health plans and researchers around the country, coordinated by FDA, was able to take all that information, which had not been systematically pulled together before, and make it a resource such that if the FDA wants to know, does this drug cause liver failure or stroke or low white count, it can do that now without having to commission a brand new study that would begin from scratch. And it's really been an organizational tour de force that has made this resource come into life. I think it does have some continuing challenges and limitations. It hasn't really reached its full potential. Are there efforts to address those limitations? 
Well, ideally, a system like Sentinel would be able to dive into the actual medical record data, that is, physicians' text entries, to the extent that those are accessible. And that is still very much a work in progress because that's a much more difficult task than looking at who took which drug and had which diagnoses. In addition, there are some real problems that emanate from some federal regulations about not making death data readily available, even to the government itself. And so it is not always possible to ascertain whether or not a patient died, given the data available from the federal government about death. And that is something that still is in need of repair. The FDA Amendments Act also increased the FDA's power to require post-approval studies from manufacturers. And you say in your article that between 2008 and 2014, the FDA mandated more than 600 studies under the law. What types of cases did the FDA intervene in, and how often does it actually penalize manufacturers? Well, this has been a very important new power because often it's not possible to determine all the important safety problems that may be associated with the drug in that narrow window when it is being evaluated for approval. And many important safety problems emerge only after a drug is in widespread use. So historically, it has been necessary for FDA and the nation to be able to say to a company, look into this problem that was not so apparent at the time of approval, but maybe a problem we now know later on. Until the FDA Amendments Act of 2007, the FDA really had relatively little power to compel companies to do that. And actually, in an earlier piece in the New England Journal, I went over the data from before the FDA Amendments Act and found that many, many of the requests that FDA had made about post-approval studies, those studies had either not been started or not been completed or there was some problem because it came down to being a request rather than a mandate uh, that FDA could issue. So the 2007 law did give FDA somewhat more power to say to a company, not could you please look into this when you can, but you must do this. And that was necessary because once the power of approval or disapproval of a drug is no longer in FDA's hands, it had relatively little clout over the company. So the FDA Amendments Act was designed to give the FDA some clout. They have not used that as fully as some would like, and there still are instances of post-approval studies that companies have either not completed in a timely way or not done as completely as would be desired, and FDA has more power but could probably wield that power even more effectively than it has. Another product of the law was the public database clinicaltrials.gov. How have regulators ensured that study sponsors comply with the terms of the law and the subsequent rulemaking regarding making clinical trial data more available? Well, here again, this was a response to a public outcry, as as much legislation often is, when it became clear that just as there was no mechanism for FDA to do safety surveillance of marketed drugs, it turned out to the surprise of many that there was also no requirement that clinical trials ever be disclosed. And the idea that a company could disclose the results of trials that came out the way they wanted and not disclose the results of trials that did not come out the way they wanted was shocking and unpleasant news to many. And so one other aspect of the 2007 law was to make it possible to mandate that companies would have to publish not only 
the existence of their clinical trials, which heretofore could have been done in a very unpublicized or non-publicized way, but also it set in process a work that is still very much in progress to have the results of those trials also eventually become publicly available so that anybody, whether it be a scientist or anyone else, could look at the results of a given clinical trial and interpret the data on their own. An important step was taken by the New England Journal and other journals before that saying a paper could not be published in a in the New England Journal or other journals pages unless the trial had been registered with clinicaltrials.gov. But that was not enough to get universal acceptance of that by the manufacturers. And so it really took the law of 2007 to make that actually a legal requirement and not just something that if I want my paper to be in any JM, I better do this. Finally, 11 years later, how is the FDA today addressing availability and transparency of safety data? Are those aims still a priority for the agency? Well, the FDA is doing a much, much better job than it was in the era before the 2007 legislation. It has these new powers. It has created the Sentinel system. Clinicaltrials.gov is a much more robust resource than it had been before. So all those are good. Detection of post-approval safety problems is not a favorite topic of anybody, except for perhaps some academic pharmacoepidemiologists, but it's kind of a skunk at the garden party problem. FDA has never been thrilled at the prospect of looking for and finding safety problems on the products that it has approved for a lot of reasons both the fact that industry is not real happy when those things are uncovered and no agency likes to find that it made an approval decision that was imperfect, even though that's really inevitable. So I don't think we will ever see the day that post-marketing safety surveillance is as much of a priority at FDA as it might be. Uh, And it's always going to take a backseat to new drug approval, and perhaps that's reasonable. But things are, as a result of that legislation in 2007, much better now than they were before. Thank you, Dr. Avorn.